The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So the uh, next piece of practice or tool I'm going to suggest has to do with recognizing mindfulness itself. Recognizing that we can know we are mindful. We can know we are aware. This came up earlier in um, your comment, in uh, one of your comments around you know, noticing that uh, a sound brought mindfulness back and then noticing what happened after that. So this moment when mindfulness returns, a moment when we recognize that we've been lost in thought, you know, that, that moment, in my experience, is a great moment to begin to get familiar with what it feels like to actually be mindful. And recognize the, recognizing the feeling of mindfulness itself is a huge support for us in our daily life practice because that when we recognize what it feels like to become mindful, we start to see that actually it happens a lot to us to, through our day. That moment when we something happens and we become conscious again. We'd been lost in thought and something happens and mindfulness returns. But often what happens in that moment is that we immediately leap onto what we've noticed and then start thinking about it or planning or trying to figure out, you know, the next thing to do around it. So if we can start to get familiar with what it feels like for mindfulness to return and that what I've seen is when I, when I orient myself to, to recognizing that experience itself, it begins to point itself out to me throughout my day. It happens way more often than you expect or than you'd think. Often it, you know, it just, it kind of barely comes into consciousness and then we're off thinking about it. But as we begin to get familiar with that moment, it begins to, It's like it highlights itself for us. And so recognizing this moment when mindfulness returns, we have so many opportunities to do this. In our sitting practice, anytime the mind goes off, gets lost in thought, that's an opportunity (laughs) for us to notice this moment of mindfulness returning. There's some great things about this moment. One of the best things about, well, first of all, mindfulness is returned. That's a great thing. Second of all, You didn't have to do it. You didn't have to make it happen. It happened. We cannot make that moment of mindfulness returning happen. It's a very natural, spontaneous thing that we come back into mindfulness from time to time throughout our day. And if we can begin to recognize that moment, we get more and more of those moments. So this for me, this This single practice, recognizing mindfulness, getting familiar with the feeling of mindfulness, is probably the most powerful daily life practice that I do. And it is the main one that I do now. The tools that I've suggested, the recognizing an activity that um, 
that you have, uh, you know, that you're doing regularly through your day, the um, the chore where you're trying to bring a little more continuity of mindfulness. In both of those cases, in the in the in the activity you do regularly through your day, you'll get the opportunity to notice mindfulness returning in those moments when you remember you've forgotten. So in that moment when you recognize that you've forgotten, one of the first things you can recognize is, ah, mindfulness is back. Awareness is back. Now, it may not be initially so clear what the experience of being mindful is. Like right now, do you know that you're aware? Yes. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're listening, you know, like, do you know that you're aware? Yes, you know that you're aware. Now, how you know that you're aware may be a little more mysterious. But what I've seen is with that kind of repeated curiosity about, oh, aware, I know that I'm aware, aware of mindfulness, aware of being aware. Over time, the, there's, a, there's an experiential sense of what that is that we can begin to recognize. It may seem kind of vague at first or not clear at first, but it actually is something that we all know very well. It's just kind of like the air we breathe. It is so ubiquitous and so in some respects familiar that we can't really point to it and say this is what it is, at least initially. And yet over time, as we begin to highlight for ourselves, okay, aware, yes, knowing that I'm aware. So we kind of recognize that experience. We begin to get familiar with it. So that moment of remembering when we've um, uh, gotten lost and we come back, another good thing about that moment is that that is a moment of mindfulness returning and uh, because mindfulness was kind of lost or hazy in the moments before, there's a little bit of a contrast. In the moment when we've, you know, we've been lost in thought and suddenly mindfulness is back, in that moment, if we can highlight for ourselves, oh, aware. I know that I'm aware. In that moment when mindfulness returns, after having been lost, there's a little bit of a lingering sense of what it was like to not be mindful a few moments before. And so there's a little bit of a contrast. We can, it it kind of highlights for us in that moment when we remember mindfulness. It highlights for us that experience of mindfulness returning. So this is, this is the other piece I'd like you to explore during this week is, you know, in the, in the um, activities, in the chores, in your going through your day, there will be moments when mindfulness arises. Can you recognize, ah, awareness is back. That being, you know, and, and again, not that you have to figure it out, but just highlight for yourself, ah, aware. In the guided meditation, when I asked you to do that, you know, oh, am I aware? Can you recognize that you are aware? That question, you know, is a good one to uh, ask yourself from time to time in your sitting practice, but also in your daily life. You know, if you can even remember to ask that question, you are aware. So you always get to answer yes. 
Am I aware? Yes. But it's not a pointless question. You know, sometimes in, in always saying, saying, oh, well, I always know that I'm aware when I ask the question. What's the point of asking the question? What it does is the question begins to incline the mind or to have the mind be a little curious about, well, how do I know that I'm aware? So it, it orients the mind to be curious about that experience of being aware. And so as you're going through your day, if you remember from time to time to ask yourself, am I aware? And then answering yes. You know, you don't have to like try to stop and figure out how you know, but just know that you know you're aware in that moment. Just know that you know you're aware. And over the course of the week, my sense is that you'll begin to have a more felt sense. It's not an intellectual understanding. It's, it's kind of a felt sense of what it's like when mindfulness is present. This moment, as we, as we um, begin to highlight this moment for ourselves, what I see happening is that, you know, kind of like that activity of, you know, picking, turning on a light switch or, or you know, walking through doorways, when that activity begins to be kind of a wake-up bell for us, Getting familiar with mindfulness returning makes mindfulness returning become more of a, a wake-up bell for us. Instead of, instead of waking up and then getting submerged immediately, it points itself out to us. Oh, mindfulness is here. So this one tool for me has been probably the most powerful daily life practice tool, which is one of the reasons I'm offering it to you this week. So um, let's see if there's anything more. Again, with this recognizing that you're aware, just, begin, just know, okay, yes, I know that I'm aware. And then get on with your day. You know, you don't have to try to hold on to mindfulness like it's like, you know, the backpack of carrying it around with you. But just see if recognizing that moment of mindfulness begins to... Uh, let you recognize it more and more frequently. You'll be walking across the street and suddenly, oh, I'm back. Here's mindfulness returning. Or reaching for a glass. It's not like you have to stop anything. It's just you recognize mindfulness infusing what's already happening. And if you, you know, you you can also recognize in that moment what's obvious. You know, walking across the street. First there's the awareness and then there's the, the sense of seeing is obvious, or whatever else is obvious. So, comments or questions about this? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, on, on the topic of uh, awareness of being aware, um, in the moments that I have that awareness that I actually am aware, it's immediately ruined by my judgment around the fact that all this time I wasn't aware. <laughs> so this is, this, is, this is a very common experience. And so, um, you know, what I'd like to encourage is the perspective that doesn't matter how many times you get lost because the moment of remembering um, just creates the opportunity for you to get more familiar with that experience of mindfulness. And to, to have, it be, have it be the curiosity of what is that experience of mindfulness returning? 
uh, for me at least, it, it helped to, um, you know, if, if instead of it being about, you know, oh, I wasn't aware of this, that, or the other thing, but oh, here's awareness returning. As I said, in that moment of awareness returning is one of the best times that we can begin to get familiar with that experience itself. And so if you can um, be curious about that moment a little bit, it may dampen the judgment. And if it doesn't, then what you get to know is judgment is arising. You know, it's like, and in, in, in fact, you know, if you can know judgment is arising, it doesn't have to ruin the mindfulness. It's like mindfulness is there and you're just aware that judgment is arising. <laughs> it's been quite a journey. Uh, when I first started meditating, the realization that I... Uh, was ruminating so often and lost in my thoughts so often was sort of like a second dagger. It was like, oh my God, it felt like a doctor had told me I had some sort of a ailment. Yeah. Uh, and so things actually got a little worse for me. It was very disconcerting. Uh, well, it is disconcerting. It's basically we see how little control we have over our minds. And this is a truth. It's not a problem. It's a truth that... Our minds are out of control. And yet there's this interesting dynamic that happens as we begin to be curious about our minds and be curious about, can we be aware? And then we can be aware of the judgment that comes in. We start to recognize that the, uh, the very, um, well, the lack of control we have over our minds, it's like, we use the, the mindfulness practice not to force our minds to be in control, but to um, begin to be aware that the patterns and habits that it habitually does don't serve us. And, and that the mindfulness becoming aware of that begins to help those habits and patterns that don't serve us to weaken and fall away. So it, it's, a, it's a process. It is a slow process. And, but what you describe is very, very common. And so just know that it's human. It's part of the journey. It's part of the journey. Absolutely, it's part of the journey. And all that I can do is to keep encouraging you to be curious about not only that moment of mindfulness returning, but what happens, the next thing that happens. Oh, judgment. And can you know that? Oh, judge. How does it feel? for judgment to be around. It hurts. It hurts for judgment, self-judgment especially, self-negativity. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in my practice looking at self-negativity and sure wishing I had a switch I could flip to turn it off. But the practice of becoming aware of it, let the mind recognize, ah, this way lies suffering. And, and the mind itself began to let go of that self-negativity. Um, and gravitate towards well-being. Because essentially our systems want to move towards well-being. And yet, there's so much confusion and delusion in our minds that um, the habitual patterns of reactivity and um, desire and confusion rule when we're not mindful. And yet, beginning to be aware of them, the first thing we get to do is feel the suffering of that, of those patterns. And, you know, this, I do have to say this, you know, in, in daily life practice, um, especially with this exploration around mindfulness, there, there's, there's a lot of what happens that's kind of remarkably peaceful and quiet. 
And it's like, you know, as we notice the moments of mindfulness returning, moments of mindfulness return all through the day, and they'll return at times when, you know, we're just kind of spacing out, looking out a window, and we wake up and suddenly we recognize, wow, the mind's actually pretty relaxed right now. And yet, almost just as often, there are times that we're waking up when we're in the midst of being caught in our habits and patterns, and that hurts. And yet that's not a mistake. The practice of mindfulness, being aware of the fact that that hurts, is how the transformation happens. So it's, you know, it's interesting. You, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, and the blurbs about mindfulness, and especially, especially the, the secular mindfulness that's out there these days. You know, it's like, oh, yes, be mindful, and, and you know, you'll be happy. <laughs> Or something, you know, there's a sense of, you know, bring mindfulness to what you're experiencing and everything will be more rich and more full and more beautiful. And, and yet a lot of what we get to see when we bring mindfulness is how much our habits and patterns of mind are creating suffering for ourselves. And, you know, we don't put that on the blurbs, you know. <laughs> Become mindful and see how hard you are on yourself. Be- become mindful and see how much you hate yourself. Become mindful and see how frustrated you get, you know. But that's a part of what happens. And it's, it is absolutely a part of the path. And we begin to develop some sense of balance and equanimity to recognize, of course this frustration is arising. This frustration has been practiced for years. It's been cultivated for years. And so am I supposed to expect that, you know, Deciding to be mindful of frustration is going to suddenly make it go away? No, it's a, it's a practice, it's a journey of recognizing slowly over time that frustration is painful and it doesn't serve us. And yet the, the, the mind's ideas about it are so entrenched. It's like, you know, so, the mind thinks it's getting something out of that frustration. You know, it, it thinks it's going to make itself better for itself. It's, you know... And so it's got a lot of confusion in there. So that's what we begin to explore. So it's, it's, uh, it's humbling as we begin to watch our minds. And yet it's also beautiful. So, you know, if we can, if we can just not expect it all to be, oh, you know, become mindful and my life is going to be 100% better all day long, but rather... Oh, become mindful and learn how your mind works and have, have um, that understanding cultivate the conditions for real deep transformation to happen about the ways habits and patterns work in your mind. I've seen it. I've seen it happen over and over again. It's possible to transform. It's possible to change your mind. But it's not possible to just flip the switch to change your mind. Wish it were, but... That's not what this... No such luck. No. <laughs> it, it seems like you almost have to be willing, or at least in my case, I have to be willing to let things get a little worse before they get better. You know, the, the way I would put it here is um, you have to be willing to experience some of the, the unpleasantness, the dukkha of the habits and patterns. The way sometimes um, some teachers describe this is that this shift, it's the suffering that leads to the end of suffering. Our habits and patterns are creating conditions of suffering when, when we're not aware of them. 
And yet when we become aware of them, we feel the suffering more. It amplifies. It amplifies. And yet what we're learning is an ability to hold that with some degree of balance. And we see as some descriptions here earlier, you know, oh, there's irritation arising and watching it change because there's not a sense of either jumping on that reactivity and like putting your foot on the gas pedal, speeding it up, or trying to repress it, both of which have the conditions for actually solidifying that reactivity. So it's a, it's a different way of relating to our patterns and habits. And it takes some degree of trust that this practice Initially, it takes some degree of trust, like me sitting here saying, yes, I looked at my anger. I watched my anger over and over again for a couple of years, and it weakened, and it, even one particular pattern of anger disappeared entirely. Or I watched myself hatred, and over the course of you know, a, a couple of years of retreats, intensive practice, looking at that pattern, it diminished hugely. So if you can borrow my faith my confidence that this practice works, that's maybe where you have to start. But it doesn't actually take long before you can find it for yourself because this practice is so powerful. It, even just a little bit, a little bit of willingness to say, oh, anger, what's this? Hugely transformative. So it does take a leap of faith at first, but it doesn't take long for there to be some kind of confirmation. Yeah. Other, yeah, in front of you. Um, I just had a comment and an experience. The the way you're speaking of mindfulness returning, as if it's binary. If it's, if I'm asleep or I'm awake, and I think for for the beginning, I think that's a wonderful realization. That's the way I experience it. But often, um, it's more nuanced for me. I'm. It's way more I'm, nuanced. Yes. I'm, it's getting brighter and brighter, and and levels of awareness I have now or, or I might have in five years. Yes. So I can tell those. And even times when I think I might be asleep, there's an underlying awareness because I have been practicing for a long time. And yes. so I, I totally understand how it's useful to know the distinction between I'm asleep and now I've awakened. But just I so, feel that nuance. Yeah, it's way, it's, it is of, definitely in degrees. And you can kind of be curious. I mean, one thing I explored on one retreat was what's the earliest I know I'm consciously aware that I'm aware. And, and it is. It's kind of like coming out of the mud or, you know, it's, 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 it's not, especially the more we practice, the more it's like there's a kind of a base level of awareness. But there's, you know, some degree of, you know, the mind kind of being present, but also part of the mind not being completely present. And, and we can begin to get more nuanced about recognizing that part of the mind waking up too. So yes, absolutely. And also I think in that kind of um, time when you have more of a recognition of what it's like to be mindful, then you can also begin to explore, you know, just that kind of riding the wave of mindfulness. It's like mindfulness is more established and you can begin to see when is it stronger? When is it weaker? And when it's weaker, what happens? Do you get lost? So you can, you can begin to watch not only the mindfulness returning, but the mindfulness beginning to leave. So there's, there's a lot to explore there. And, you know, in, in beginning to get familiar with the experience of mindfulness, you know, almost like riding the wave of, oh, knowing that you're mindful and, and feeling it continuing as opposed to just the moment of it returning. So absolutely, yes, thank you for, for bringing that up. 
Other comments, questions? Um, kind of getting back to what you were saying about awareness of awareness or mindfulness of, that you're mindful. Um, I remember on a retreat, uh, Winnie talked about how mindfulness is a wholesome state. And it was like some light bulb went off in my head that whenever you're mindful, it's a wholesome state, mind, mental factor. And so it sort of, for me, it tied this sort of it, it can tie into being judgmental. If you're judgmental, but you're aware that you're judgmental, you're in a wholesome state. Uh-huh. So one additional piece, I, uh, nuance I'd put around that. Um, when mindfulness, when the mindfulness we have is oriented around recognizing what's arising here in the present moment, that's wholesome. It's possible to be aware of what's happening in the present moment and it not be necessarily wholesome. If you think about how it might be for a thief. Yeah, very, very present. Very, very... But, but the, the a presence isn't about exploring what's happening here. It's, it's got a different agenda to it. And the, the, in, the, in the suttas, in the, the Buddhist texts, it, it does talk about wrong mindfulness and that's my understanding of what wrong mindfulness would be mindfulness bringing yourself into presence in order to do greed yeah greed or aversion um so that i would agree that mindfulness is wholesome when it's oriented with this perspective towards knowing what's arising in the moment um but yeah i mean it's the 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 idea of mindfulness being a purely wholesome state is not sutta-based. It's abhidhamma-based. And one last one. (laughs) So... um in terms of mindfulness of, you know, wrong mindfulness or right fi- mindfulness towards greed or aversion, is there any actual mindfulness in the moment of delusion or is it always right after the delusion? Uh, you know, in the Abhidhamma perspective, it is, you know, the mind moment theory of there's only a moment of delusion and a moment of mindfulness as I sometimes point out that the Abhidhamma perspective or the, the Bisuddhima, yeah, the Abhidhamma perspective has there be something like 17 trillion mind moments in the blink of an eye. And so maybe technically, yes, there's a moment of delusion and a moment of mindfulness. The experience is that we can know delusion. It's kind of like waking up into the fact that yes. you've been delusional. Yeah. And you can also know delusion... You can know, uh, you can you can know that the mind is seeing through a filter, you know, seeing through the filter of aversion, and all of that that does to the mind is delusion. So we can be aware of that while it's happening in in the experience of it, you know, whether or not 
actually it's really rapid interleaving of delusion and mindfulness? I don't know. I don't see things at that level. And I'm more interested in what's the experience. So to not have an idea of, oh, if I'm seeing delusion, it means that I'm not, or if there's delusion, I'm not mindful. The experience can be that we feel that, it, that we are aware of delusion. And I would just leave it, leave it at that. So we need to finish now. Um, I hope to see some of you tomorrow morning <laughs> at uh, 7.30. I'll be here at 7.30 each morning and 7.30 each evening. Uh, let's just take a moment to offer the benefits of our practice together today. May the beneficial results of our practice together today be shared with all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy, healthy, safe, and at ease. Thank you all for your participation. <laughs>